Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we look at the final greeting that Paul writes to the church in Colossae. This wraps up our 20 episode series on this letter. Well, we made it. For those of you who have been journeying with me through this letter, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for spending this time with me. I hope that something in these episodes has encouraged you and has challenged you and inspired you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Today, we're going to be looking at the final greeting that Paul wrote to this church. There are going to be a couple names that we're going to highlight out of the list of names that he mentions. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this moment that we get to have to focus on your word, to focus on your truth, to focus on you. Lord, thank you that these words that Paul wrote were not just concepts or ideas, but there is great value and great meaning. These are like signposts to something greater, and that is to you. Oh, Father, would we grow closer to you today? Would we grow closer in our relationship with you? Would that be reflected in the way that we love ourselves, both individually as the family of believers, but also how we love others around us? Thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this moment. We trust you, and we ask that you would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get in today's message, it's important to remember that Paul is writing this from prison. He's never actually traveled or met these people in this city. It was the man Ephorus who visited him in prison where Paul, through that encounter, wrote this letter to be given and to be read out loud to the church in Colossae. He also gave Ephorus an additional letter that's in the New Testament called the letter to Philemon. We'll address this later. So let's read this. This is Colossians chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. Forgive me because I'm not going to be good at pronouncing these people's names. Tychesis will tell you all about my actions. He He is my beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. It's important to note, even before we continue, that Paul is saying it's, it is so significant for us to be sharing the stories, to be sharing the ways that God has showed up in our lives, individually, corporately, and in the world. There's an encouragement that can come when we, as followers of Jesus, share with one another how the Father has been revealing himself to us individually, but also in the city and in the neighborhoods that we live in. You know, too often I think we as followers of Jesus can just share all the negative things that are going on. And there is a place for that for sure. We intercede, we pray for healing, we pray for breakthrough. But there is just as much a place for us to be able to share the ways that the Father is showing up in our lives. It is so important for us. There is an encouragement that's reserved for us to experience when we share with one another how he is showing up. He then says, And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, 
They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Onesimus is one of the men that I want to highlight that Paul mentions in this greeting. You see, from what we know from other letters, Onesimus was actually a slave who ran away from his master, Philemon. And somewhere along the road, Onesimus met Paul and gave his life to Jesus and decided to follow Jesus. Paul mentored him and treated him like a son. And through this process of going of sanctification, meaning through this process as Onesimus learned who he was as a son and as he grew in his ability to reflect this truth through the power of the Holy Spirit, there came a point and a time for Onesimus to actually make amends with his past. And so Paul actually gives Ephorus, the man who's, right, who's delivering this letter to the church, an additional letter to Philemon because he is encouraged Onesimus to come and visit Philemon to make amends. But what does Paul say about Onesimus? He does not identify him by his social status. No, he identifies him as a faithful and beloved brother. This is radical. Remember when we talked about family matters, understanding the culture of this day. A slave was not a human being. A slave was a property, no value. And yet Paul not only addresses Onesimus as a human being, he addresses him as a brother, as beloved, as faithful, as one of them. Oh, this is so good. This is so radical. We are not what we do. We are who we are in him. All right, let's continue. So now we're going to read verse 10 to 13. Aristocharis, my fellow... (laughs) I have no idea how to say that name. Aristocharis... Yeah, okay. That name, Aristocharis, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice... These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. They have been a comfort to me. Ephorus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Aheparosilus. Yeah, again, I'm sorry. Paul mentions these different people who are his fellow workers in the kingdom of God. He's saying that these are men that can be trusted. These are people who have brought comfort to him. Again, this is Paul. This is the man who wrote more than half the New Testament. This is the man who planted so many churches. In so many ways, he's the reason why we're still talking about Jesus today meaning that the Holy Spirit used him in that way. And yet Paul is saying he needed encouragement. He needed brothers and sisters beside him. We cannot walk with Jesus alone. When the Father plants in us the desires of his heart for us, and he gives us that burden, that anguish for a specific people, for that specific way. Remember, man, it was probably months ago now where we talked about the call of God on our life. When God implants that anguish for the sake of, We are not meant to carry that alone. We are meant to do this in the context of family. It's going to be hard. There are going to be moments where we want to give up, where we feel betrayed, where we are suffering, where we have pain. 
And in those moments, we need to rest in our relationship with Jesus. We need to be steadfast in prayer, but we also need to be in family. I got news for you. Paul was not attending a specific Sunday morning service. He was part of a family. He had brothers and sisters around him. And so it's important that we have brothers and sisters around us as we pursue the things that God has planted in our hearts. I hope that you are not running with Jesus alone today. I hope you have brothers and sisters that you trust, that love you, that you can encourage and they can encourage you. We are not meant to do this alone. The Father wants us to do this in family. So Paul mentions of Ephesus. This is the man who actually planted the church in Colossae. Paul gives us insights into Ephesus' prayer life and what drove him to plant a church. He says that it was through the prayers of Ephesus, that prayers of interceding for the city that God had called Ephesus to plant a church. What did he pray for? He prayed that these men and women would be mature and fully assured in the will of God. That's the heart of a church planner. The heart of a church planner is to intercede for a people to be fully mature in the relationship with Jesus and that they would have the courage to step out and to know the will of God on their life. The heart of a church planner is not to build some big momentumness thing. No, the heart of a church planner is to equip and empower those to live in their identity and to participate in the will of God that's in their midst, the kingdom. I'm sure that many of you listening to this are not called to plant a church. But as we've seen in previous episodes, you are called to do something. And the pathway for you to walk in that something is through your prayer life. It's through interceding. It doesn't matter how many people you're interceding for. Significance does not work in the kingdom the way that it does in our society. It is not about numbers. We find our significance in Christ alone, period. And so when I say this, please hear it in that way. But there is something that the Father has planted in your heart in anguish. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for your neighbors. Maybe it's for your coworkers. Whatever it may be, the pathway for you to fulfilling the thing that God has put in your heart is through your prayer life. It's through interceding. Do not diminish or think of those times alone in quiet where no one else sees it. Do not Think of those moments as insignificant. In the kingdom, they play a huge role in the things that you do in public. I think there's an invitation for some people here listening to this today to go into the closet and to start interceding again. Maybe you had a season where that was your focus. That was what was driving you to do the things that you were doing, but you've neglected that. I believe there's an invitation for you today to go back to the closet to go back to these sacred, secret moments with Christ where you're interceding for those around you. So let's continue. This is verse 14 to 17. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greeting to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nyphia and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of Laodicea and see it to that you also read this letter from Laodicea and say to Acrisius, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. First off, I wonder if you caught it. Paul just affirmed a woman, Nyphia, in leadership. 
He says that she has a church in her house. In other letters, when Paul does this final greetings, he mentions women with her husband, but he doesn't mention a husband in this scenario. Now, I'm sure that can open up a whole can of worms for some people listening to this today. And so if you're interested and you want me to do a talk that's dedicated to women in leadership, just reach out to me about that. But for right now, what I'll say is this. In order to understand scriptures properly, we need to take everything into context. So if there is seemingly a contradiction, then that immediately makes you as the reader have to know that whatever is seemingly contradictive must be contextual. What do I mean by that? Well, for those of you who've been reading the Bible for a long time, you know that there's some passages in the letters that Paul has written that talk about women in leadership and talk about them preaching and teaching and all these different things. Now, if Paul in this letter has affirmed a woman in leadership, that would contradict what he wrote to Timothy. That would contradict what he wrote to the church in Corinth. And because we're going to be good readers of the text, what that immediately means is that whatever he was writing to Timothy and whatever he was writing to the church in Corinth has to be contextual. It can't be a universal blanket statement that we make about leadership in the church. Again, I don't want to unpack all of that, but if you are interested, just reach out and maybe I'll do something later. I just for now want to say Paul is affirming a woman in leadership. I don't want the focus to be on that. What I want the focus to be on is verse 17 where he says, uh, where he talks about Acrippicus. Again, I'm sorry, I can't say the name properly. He says, see that you have fulfilled the ministry that you have received in the Lord. As we've seen throughout this letter, we are to know more about Christ. We are to grow in our understanding of him. We've looked at how Paul has encouraged us to understand That we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. That Jesus is king over all things, over all the cosmos, but also over every individual. That in everything, he is restoring things. There's an opportunity for us to see that Jesus is in, through, and for all things. In other words, as followers of Jesus... When we participate in our lives, when we live our lifestyles, our prayer that we would do everything in him, through him, and for him. For it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have been chosen. We are beloved, made holy, blameless, and above reproach, stable and steadfast. We are to be established, rooted in love, grounded in hope. The enemy has been defeated in Christ Jesus. We have an authority that has been given to us through heaven and through the blood of the lamb. And as we know these things, as we begin to grow in these things, it will show in our life through love, through patience, through peace, through harmony, through singing, through all these different things that we've looked at through this letter. But as we've also noted in this letter, as we know and grow and show, I believe there comes a time where Jesus will plant something in our hearts that's specific for us. It's a specific way for us to participate in the kingdom. Again, it's not necessarily a job, but it's a way of life. It's a specific group of people. It could be many different things. But there's something that, Paul, that Jesus plants in our hearts. Paul highlights this man, Archicopus, and he encourages him to fulfill the ministry, the thing that God planted in his heart. He said he received it. He received it. He didn't earn it. 
You see, he walked with Christ. He walked in his ways. He grew in his relationship with him. And over time, over there must have been moments where God started planting things in this man's heart, this ministry that he was to fulfill. And Paul is reminding him to reflect on those moments and to have courage, to have strength, to have hope in the things that God has promised over his life. I believe there are people listening to this that know in their heart that they're called to do something specific. They've had words of knowledge. They've had prophecies. They've had encounters with Christ in the closet where he's shown you things that only you are to do. And maybe you've neglected those things or maybe you're trying those things and it just doesn't seem to be working out. Oh, would you be encouraged today to know that this was from Jesus? He loves you. He's for you. Keep going. Keep stepping out. Now, for some of you, you might be in that discernment process of whether or not this was Jesus. It's important for us to do this in the context of family. It's important for us to have men and women that we can trust who have been walking with Jesus longer than us, who can help us discern whether this was the father or this was the pizza we ate last night. And maybe you're like, Joe, I don't have anyone around me. I don't have men and women that have been following Jesus for a long time. I don't have access to that. Well, can I encourage you? to take a minute and think about where will those people be and are you there? Are you showing up? Maybe it's at the potlucks at church. Maybe it's through a friend of a friend. But it's important that you find men and women, mothers and fathers spiritually, that can pour into your life. This is something Jesus desires for you. It's not something you're going to have to necessarily fight for. It's something that you're going to have to look for and you have to show up and be available and open to. There might be sacrifices that need to be made for that to happen. Meaning like you might have to sacrifice some of your time or maybe you have to start buying Tim's for someone or coffee or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about some weird sacrifices. I'm just saying there's a cost to it. But it's important. It's important that we have men and women that we trust that can help us discern the words of Christ. We don't do this alone. I hope that's what you're hearing in this final greeting. Paul has mentioned so many different people So many different men and women that he has done life with, that he continues to do kingdom work with. We are not meant to do this alone. We are meant to do this in family. I hope you're part of the family today. In our final closing for the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, let's read his words. This is verse 18. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hands. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. There's a price that was paid for us to get to walk with Jesus. And there is a cost that we have to evaluate ourselves in our own walk with him. It cost Paul his life. He eventually was martyred for his faith. And we know through his letters that he knew this was coming. And yet he stepped forward anyways to this calling. He wasn't a superhero Christian. He just had a clear revelation of who Jesus is. I'm going to say that again. He was not a superhero Christian. He just had a clear revelation of who Jesus is. The bigger the revelation, the greater the courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the action despite it. The bigger the revelation, the greater the courage. He says, grace be with you. 
grace, this unmerited favor of God, the love of the Father poured out on all who cry out to his name, who say yes to this invitation. In everything that we do, in everything that we are, everything that we have, it's his. Would it bring glory and honor to him and him alone? Would we evaluate the cost that it is going to take for us to follow Jesus? But would we evaluate this within the price that Jesus had to pay to have a relationship with us? Would our vision of Christ grow deeper and deeper and deeper? And as it grows deeper, would we have courage? Would we have boldness? Would we have kindness and gentleness? Would the way that we speak be seasoned with salt? Would we be men and women, sons and daughters that know who we are in Him? That know of our Father's love, of His faithfulness, of His goodness, of His grace, of His power, of His holiness? Would this reflect and show in every aspect of our life? Would we not be asleep, but would we be awake to the kingdom that is in our midst? This is not a hypothetical kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. And Jesus has told us through this letter, this kingdom is in our midst. It's within our families. It's within our friendships. It's within our strangers that are around us, within our neighborhoods, within our cities, within our churches, within the family of God that we find ourselves in. Would we not be asleep to it, but would we be awake to it? And when we see it, would we have courage in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to participate? Would our hands be up regardless of if it's sweeping the floors or doing something that seems more significant? Would we not do this in light of a craning approval, but would we do it from the place of sonship and daughtership? Would we say yes today in a fresh and new way? Father, we surrender. We say yes. Lord, we need you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for this great invitation. We don't deserve to be invited into your family, and yet you consistently invite us in. You invite us into family. You invite us into transformation. You invite us into hope, into joy, into life, into freedom. Lord, I ask for every man, woman, child that is listening to this episode that they would be filled with your spirit once again. Be filled with the knowledge of the love of the Father. Would they have the assurance of the Holy Spirit in their hearts and in their minds that they would know that they would be able to cry out, Abba, Father. Lord, would our lives grow deeper in you? Would we be established in love? Would we know that we know that we know that we have been made holy, blameless, and above reproach? That we have been chosen, that we are beloved, that there is a garment that you have paid for us to put on, and there is a garment that we get to put off through the power of your Spirit. Would we reflect your love in a real and genuine way? Would there be opportunities, doors opened in our lives for us to communicate your love and your invitation? Would we be gentle and kind and seasoned with salt? Father, would we treat our spouses the way that you've designed us to? Would we submit to one another in love under a covenant? Would we be kind and gentle to our parents and to our children? Father, we need you in this hour. Oh, the hour is late. But we say yes today. We say yes to this invitation. We say yes to you. We give it to you, Lord. All the glory, all the power. Would our lives truly reflect your love? Would we know you, not just as a concept or an idea or as a way of life, but would we truly know you?
Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've been walking along with us through this journey through Colossians, I just want to say thank you for going on this trip with me. I hope it has been worth your time. Next week, we are stepping into a new series entitled Someone Should Have Told Me, where we are going to be having a discussion about money, marriage, and saving the world. What's exciting about this new series is that they're designed to be more of a conversation as opposed to a sermon. And also, uh, my wife, Kara Lee, is actually going to be doing two talks, one on her own and one with me within the conversation about marriage. After that series is done, we are going to then be transitioning into a new series entitled When God Says No, Learning How to Suffer Well. For now, I'll just leave it at that. If you're wanting more information, you can go to at the JMP cast on my Instagram page or Facebook. I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day. <music>